0: Okay, Laszlo. Good morning. Good Good morning. And this, uh, I just printed out the um, the article that we uh, wrote on June twenty eighth, the mutual interview on text Uh uh, about the uh, data set, the the human data set. This is you or not? And I was thinking, from where shall we start now? I mean, it's the same topic. Um, We maybe should not repeat what has been written. What do you say? Where where shall we start? Like like the data set in large companies, what to do with them? Yes. uh, No, I I agree that it's very
1: difficult uh, because this is such a broad area and uh, it permeates basically business. Data is a mindset, in my opinion. And and it really permeates business. And it always brings back to a very interesting uh, dichotomy between uh, the machine, business as a machine mm-hmm. and, and business as an organization of people
0: like a community like the, what is what is in the article this uh, this thing that the Ferdi Antonis wrote indeed indeed yeah,
1: yeah. so it, I think um, since we cannot avoid we cannot avoid this uh, topic of meeting point meeting point between the machine and uh, the organization yeah. Uh, maybe uh, we should uh, consider it as a start. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in, the, in the discussion, the written discussion in this article, we were focusing more on the human aspect, the community mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can start now with the machine aspect. You know, the organization yeah. as a, I mean, the business as a machine. Yeah, the, the, the metaphor machine the metaphor machine, and uh, unfortunately, many times, it is uh, literally a machine, and this is what of its problems. So when, you know, when we look at the, um, the articles on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. the most, most popular articles these very low-brow articles or uh, opinion pieces on LinkedIn are the most popular ones that focus specifically on how business as a machine sucks. Yeah,
0: but so, then also how to
1: fine-tune it. How to fine-tune it? Nobody talks about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so p- people recognize uh, that it sucks. It yeah. sucks to treat people this way. I, I'm actually flabbergasted uh, uh, by the stupidity of these articles, even though I acknowledge that uh, what they address is definitely hitting a chord, uh, striking a chord with people. Uh, so it is very remarkable that uh, many times I even see that it's very obvious that people just make up stories. Like for example, a typical one is: uh, I hired a guy who didn't, ha- uh, you know, shake my hand firmly, and, uh, and similar stuff. Obviously, looking at the profile of the person, already he never hired a guy in his life, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, but uh, so it's a completely make-up story. That generates thousands of responses, and uh, and everybody, you know, that uh, we have these preconceived notions about how to hire people. Basically, this is the bottom line, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. On the other hand, um, there's many of those articles. On the other hand, there's also quite some articles that um, see indeed the uh, the organization as a machine, and also uh, introducing all kinds of algorithms how to fix like how to hire people, how to do this, how to find your management development potential, how to, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all process-wise, step-wise. If you do, do this, then that will happen, et cetera, which is then also if, how you would like to encounter a machine, right? Exactly. This is, uh, and this basically
1: sums up, I think, uh, the problem with the machine. So on the one side, people recognize they don't feel good in a machine. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be a cog in a in a machine. Right. So that's, everybody agrees on that. And then to fix it, they bring in machine tools mm-hmm. to fix it. Like, as you mentioned, algorithms and various others, templates, you know, it worked here, it must work there, yep. kind of mentality. And this leads us to the data problem, people as a data set.
0: That's uh, a commodity,
1: actually. Indeed, like uh, as soon as you start to look at somebody as a set of data, mm-hmm. and uh, then you already have this problem. Like yeah. the mentality causes this problem. Yeah. And it's very, I think it's very dangerous because according to empirical evidence, it seems like it works. So for for example, you know, if you define a person uh, as a set of um, Traits. Know, uh, traits, or a set of sets of, yeah. Yeah. for example, uh, financial savings, spending habits, interests mm-hmm. about clicks he makes oh, wow. and uh, courses somebody takes. For example, if we remain within the confines of a company mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, advancements, promotions, and uh, various others, you know, responses to surveys. And so various others, uh, other data that they collect on people.
0: Things that you can more or less easily measure.
1: And then they have a very, definitely have a very accurate picture about behaviors a person Mm -hmm. exhibits. And uh, sadly, I would say, uh, it helps companies to make predictions and pretty good ones about person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So th- there is a person. So this is a two-edged sword, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, we, we can complain that we don't want to be cogs in a machine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the other hand, uh, empirical evidence shows that we are cogs in a machine and very predictable ones
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in our, with our behavior. So we have this dilemma. So I think people hate to be predictable. <laughs> and yeah. we, you know, <laughs> even in conversations, we hate it when somebody reads us, reads us well yeah. Yeah. and sees through us. We hate it. And yeah. somebody's right. And yes, I'm so predictable. This is incredible. So I think uh, this is an unarticulated problem, uh, an undefined problem people may have. Right. This is why it's talk about this data set problem. Uh, on the one side, I have to face I am a data set mm. and I am predictable and uh, uh, on the other side, am I, uh, what is the conclusion i 'm drawing
0: from it right because you might argue that um, i mean it 's good that there are some tests. But not using the tools by the company itself to identify people because then indeed you have um, an overview of uh, human data sets which more or less are are, are a commodity you know uh, you can hire anyone but also you compete to maybe later you compete to machines
1: yes yes Uh, and this brings us uh, to the fields of application Mm -hmm. like recruiting Mm -hmm. uh, evaluation perhaps for promotions or picking team members mm-hmm. for, for various tasks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so definitely, this is the machine part. And uh, as you mentioned, there could be the human part where the person uses these for his own development.
0: I was, um, I was reading, uh, let me see on the website, I was reading um, lately some interesting, I, I looked it up uh, again this morning, interesting thing which was, I didn't know, uh, it existed. Um, I saw it earlier this year. It's called open hiring. I don't know if, if you're, uh, if you bumped into that. No, no. But it, it kicked off at some bakery, Grayston Bakery. I don't know where, I think in the US. Yes. And, um, it's open hiring, meaning that there's just a list. And so you write your name on the list and you're hired. No matter what. And uh-huh. then you do your job. You get some training, you do the things that you need to do. Um, and then after a couple of months, you get points. And if you earn a specific level of points, you become a uh, an employee. Mm-hmm. And that, if, if you do it like that, there's no testing at all.
1: It's an interesting but, approach. Definitely, it looks like maybe the opposite of uh, making hiring decisions based on data. Yeah. At first, first, of course, data is gathered in the course of uh, this trial period.
0: Well, yeah, but it's human data in the sense that people talk and and people form impressions of persons, which is very different. Very
1: different. Uh, There is, I think, uh, an evil element, (laughs) so to speak, right at the moment when they start to record
0: data. Well, so in in that sense, it's always a new level. But my when I read it, I thought, okay, but what about the points? Yes. If you have to earn points, um, um, how authentically is that? I mean, then you know, can you be yourself while earning the points? So I, I don't know, but um, it looks rather sympathetic in the sense that you're um, judged by your actions. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: But yeah. I I agree that uh, it's it starts with the points and then. Uh, if this is uh, at one point when uh, a recording begins mm-hmm. a process starts that mm-hmm. will never finish that 's my prediction so without knowing anything, I may be completely wrong but uh typically it's uh it 's kind of a self sustaining system so once you start recording and uh this, you made these points. Yeah, you start with the points, for example. It seems innocent.
0: Yeah, what I understand is that they just do it for the uh, the, 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 the pre-hiring process, let's say. The mm-hmm. Pre-official hiring. So it's like a test phase and then uh, they stop with it. I'm,
1: I'm going to be now, now like um, a pain in the ass. And I would just say that uh, this is what they say. And yeah. maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe they, don't yeah. they don't even know yet. Maybe they have the best in, intention. But my prediction for them is that they're going to continue recording and measuring.
0: Could be. I don't know. Yeah, no. I really don't know. I have to dive into that. I, didn't. I just just bumped into it a couple of months ago. And uh, just this morning I thought, oh, wow. Um, but it's, 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 it's interesting. It's, uh, in that sense, it's interesting because um, there's not so many biases. You just put a name on a list and, and you're in. Number one is in. No matter no matter what color, no matter what name, no matter what anything? No biases up front?
1: I think um, certainly, I mean, of course, discrimination is not fair. On the other hand, I would say also that this extreme cautiousness about avoiding biases, uh, I also don't, don't consider it to be good. And uh, it can go to extremes that uh, are reminiscent of machines also. Oh, yeah, obviously.
0: And, and, uh, and, and that's what I like about this putting a name. It's just a name, your number one, come in.
1: If you, th- if you think about biases, and uh, again, human data sets, one of the purpose they are supposed to serve is specifically to avoid biases, for example. like That's one field of application.
0: Yes. Well, that's one. That that is also the point that um, companies uh, who use them say. Well, look, um, we're not discriminating because we use this, which obviously is not true as well, because this <laughs> it's a self contradiction. Yes. yes,
1: you use data, you discriminate, and uh, this brings us again so the validity of some of the fields of application. Mm-hmm. For example. Uh, when it comes to avoiding biases, we have to ask uh, the philosophical question if biases are good or bad in the first place. And uh, this, this really goes by the assumption that biases are bad. Even though... Sorry to, <laughs> to always uh, uh, cut you up. Uh, <inaudible> even though when we look at, uh, for example, the operations, so not for hiring, but for example, for choosing team
0: members, for projects. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, I, I don't think that, this, that biases are b- good or bad. I mean, they're just there. I think you should be aware that they are there.
1: Raising the question of uh, good or bad is uh, definitely a sensitive issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we are, of course, aware of that. Uh, but uh, uh, I find it nevertheless curious that nobody is drawing, uh, at least looking at both sides of the coin. Seeing the bad side is very obvious for everybody, and everybody agrees on the bad side.
0: Right.
1: But nobody's asking the question, how could biases be good? Mm-hmm. It's curious. Uh, the literature is much uh, thinner from this point of view. And... Uh, and I think it's not difficult to find examples when biases work well. Mm-hmm. And this is why I mentioned, for example, uh, picking team members, mm-hmm. work in, working with small teams. And, uh, and we should come back maybe uh, when, it, when it comes to the machine versus the organization to the size of the organization, which is very important uh, to be aware where is the threshold Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond which the organization becomes a machine and uh, below which it may still remain an organization. But going back to to this, I was working with small teams where uh, to to be admitted into the team is definitely entirely based uh, on uh, the perception, a human perception of the current team members. And in other words, fully biased decisions about who... Yeah. We are going to allow into the team, and uh, this works beautifully. at the, And these teams are the very best teams.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. And um, on the other hand, you might say that if you have a team which is selecting entirely um, by themselves other team members, um, this team has also these hidden gaps um that if you would look from the outside you might say wow this is a great team but are they aware of this and this which another team might not have um so yes, I can yes. imagine yeah I can imagine that um uh, if you do it like this which happens of course that people uh, are invited for their job interview they talk to all the team members and there's more or less voted like what you guys think everybody says yeah great guy great girl okay hired. Um, but that is that is then the idea that if... And then we get back to the machine mode. Um, then sometimes you see that if these teams are um, in a, a larger organization with more teams, they want to steer the uh, culture. Uh, and then there's this invisible hand from above, you know, saying, okay, uh, you can hire, but we would have to like to have a second look because we have this idea about where the culture would like to go, and that's why we'd like to model uh, our teams a bit this and this and tweak and such and such and such, um, because then in the end, we get this and this. And then it's the machine mode again. So it's, 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 it's difficult as well. I mean, it, it, I can imagine that this, uh, I mean, um, like a family, for instance. You have a family, not, maybe not a family, not a good idea, um, a community. And then somebody comes into this community and is accepted or not. And that's the communities are biased as well. That's, I think,
1: uh, I consider family to be a very good example, very similar to the community. Mm. And uh, because the decisions are absolutely based on bias. As a positive positive example, it's unimaginable a family member like uh, how to pick a spouse. Hopefully, it will never get to this stage because mm-hmm. I see tendencies that lead to this stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How to uh, pick a spouse should not be determined by algorithms, like for example on dating applications.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah. It, we are getting there, but yes, you <laughs> okay, <thank> you. <laughs> It should not. It should not. <laughs> it should never come to this point. It would be a very sad future to imagine when uh, spouses are speed uh, p- uh, picked. Uh, on completely unbiased algorithms. By the way, algorithms are also not unbiased.
0: Imagine. No, no, no. Of course. Nevertheless, um, I, I think indeed that's, that's quite some market for for people to finding uh, in the relationship market to finding uh, partners for uh, for for other people. But in the end, of course, they say yes or no. But you know, you can also have been tricked into a certain uh, um, decision, which in, after some years you might think, well, maybe not. Anyway.
1: So well, I think yeah. uh, to to kind of sum it up, I think um, the human data set uh, is, we can see this double-edged sword that um, there is no such thing even as a purely human data set because we evaluate data no mm-hmm. matter what. And the human element is there. And I think, in my opinion, if... Um, if you fight this, you are fighting for becoming a machine and that's the wrong set, the wrong mindset. And I think we should allow uh, human elements like, for example, biases and the example you mentioned about um, the team that, for example, if the team is picking not necessarily outside people, it's also possible that there are, as you mentioned, large organization, many teams involved Mm. and they, um, they launch a new project and teams are going to be formulated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these teams that are formulated uh, are taught, are going to be picked based on complete individual biases yeah. uh, in, in a positive sense. And I'm using it uh, in an absolute positive sense, trying to introduce the word bias in a positive meeting, meaning. So everybody has experiences with everybody else. They mm-hmm. have memories, they have preferences, personal preferences, mm-hmm. and they also understand uh, the community that they are building, what the needs of the community are. Yeah. And uh, the decision is absolutely human decision uh, from all sides. Uh, and they pick new, new team members according to this. And uh, it implies a certain degree, a large degree of exclusivity, not inclusivity, you know, because... Uh-huh. People who are not making it are going to be excluded from this team. It's totally natural. Again, exclusivity is a, in a positive sense, not in a yes. negative sense. Negative. These are all good things, and these are the very factors that build communities.
0: And that, Yeah, communities renew. But I think still also that what we wrote in the article uh, in, uh, on, on the web, our website, um, that as long as you work in a community... It's fine. As long as you work with a community, you're starting to become a machine. Yes, yes, yes. And with a, with a community, I mean, like you have like five teams, ten teams, and then you try to model the teams. Because that is not a, uh, a community anymore. Once, yes,
1: once you start modeling. For example, in order to repeat the success of one team, mm-hmm. in another, you try to model it, and immediately you lose it.
0: That is actually obviously also the point Uh, what happens quite often in this data set is that people uh, find one or two best team members and they um, are peeling them, you know, like an onion to find out what what is behind them. Why are they successful? Yes. And they test it, you know, totally, fully. And then they use that um, as an input for the algorithm for new team members. Well, I, th- I think this will always fail. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this brings us also to
1: the size question. Yeah. Back to the size question because I think team uh, the size of the team, letting the team uh, or grow organically, mm. is a crucial point for maintaining the organic aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to small teams, teams of four to eight people. It is possible to uh, to let it be, mm-hmm. so you don't have to manage this team. You can just mm-hmm. let the team be, and mm-hmm. the team team self-manages, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, you can observe how it is. It's just for the point of interest, and it's gonna be probably a natural hierarchy will emerge based right. on based on undetermined sets. For example, yeah. uh, two guys are much stronger. In a technical area than others. Right. And uh, so obviously there is a hierarchy of skills. Yeah. yeah. And there is another guy who is uh, much better com- at communication than the others.
0: And yeah, a hierarchy of leadership. Absolutely. And
1: yeah. I don't even use the word leadership. You're a self managed team. And yes, there, some guys will do one thing, other guys will do other things. You know? Right. Yes, there will. And maybe any a leader will emerge also who is absolutely, not by manipulating, but by everybody would look at the guy as this is, they just naturally follow.
0: Yeah, or or, or they are leaders in the one moment and followers at the second moment, but there's always this this dynamics.
1: Always, yes. So I think, uh, yeah, this uh, everybody's a leader in certain situations. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't agree with this. Despite the fact that it's true, mm-hmm that certain activities would be led by different people.
0: Yeah, I believe
1: so. So uh, that's true. That's a, a, an empirical fact. And, uh, but it doesn't mean leadership. It means uh, the activity, uh, guy being better than the others in that activity, uh, hmm. it's naturally led by that guy. But an activity, leading an activity is not the same as leadership. This uh, leadership of, uh, I follow this guy no matter what he does.
0: Yeah, leadership. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, okay. that's organic or organic leadership. Yeah. So it may or may not emerge that some guy without any apparent data, uh, apparent reason that could be man- measured with data, mm-hmm. would be acknowledged as a leader. Yeah. So, uh, ev- everybody would be shocked. Why is this guy followed? You know, yeah. he's not doing anything. He's not the best uh, in anything. We mm-hmm. uh, cannot measure why but he's the most influential guy in the group. Such situations do emerge.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's best not to try to measure it, of course. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Why and uh, doing the onion thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, small teams. It's, in small teams it's possible not to work with data sets at all.
0: Mm-hmm. But what, what, what is the threshold, you think? One, when, when do you get too large? I think nobody knows. I think uh, when we look at,
1: uh, I look back at my conversations with founders of companies, uh, Mm -hmm. like for example, in IT, which is a very special domain, Mm -hmm. uh, because everybody tends to be the same type, you know, the programmers. Mm -hmm. They typically feel uh, either 25 or 50 people. Beyond that, the company changes completely and they don't like the change
0: yeah I think as, as soon as you have a person maybe reflecting on the on the um, the strategy um, and assigning tasks, then you're getting too large
1: Yes this becomes a function a separate function of course because and immediately it becomes a bushy job i I saw like uh, I think a video about um, a CEO running a like a food food uh, company, they make salads. Yeah, you know, yeah salad yeah. mixes, uh, package them. Mid size, a mid size business. Yeah, and the guy said that uh, he didn't have HR. for sure. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: no HR. He he basically organically managed. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a very simple operation. Uh, you know, you just receive the ingredients, clean it, cut it, package it, ship it. So it's a. Uh, uh, this kind of workforce is yeah. involved mostly. Quality is important as it being food. Yeah, yeah. So there are, uh, it's a professional organization uh, yeah. ultimately. And he said no HR w- was there. And um, they were thinking about giving t-shirts, you know, to to people for some occasion. Uh, yeah. I think it was like 150 people at the time. Yeah. And uh, so he, he wanted to put up a big... Uh, sign on one of the boards on the wall you know asking people to put down their sizes so they can know uh, what's up yeah. and one yeah. of the ladies told him that uh you don't need to do i, I know the sizes of everybody <laughs> that how is it possible 150 people yeah, yeah, yeah. i know the john is this, and this. of course <laughs> i know like, you know it was a still a very small community uh size wise it still worked yeah and, probably, yeah probably. <laughs> and the, guy was shocked and uh, he, he said he decided then that um, maybe HR, if you do it, then this lady should do the HR. <laughs> so he, he actually uh, turned this lady into a, an HR and she had no background in HR. She, I don't know what she did before. But, I uh, think
0: that's, that will make a great test for HR. So, what sizes do your people? <laughs> yeah.
1: it was a very interesting insight this guy provided, and uh, and he made that decision at that moment very intuitively, yeah. Yeah. very intuitively yeah. that this is probably the best HR person, and uh, no data set, absolutely no background in HR, no education, nothing. Yeah, and uh, she's very successful. I saw her presenting uh, at conferences, uh, so. She became kind of a name. This is a Hungarian company. All right. All right. A name. And uh, she's probably one of the best HR people in Hungary. Like very (laughs) human that really is working not with data sets, but uh, with this uh, organic interaction with people.
0: Yeah. So you can't really say, indeed, uh, the, the the size of a, of a community um, and then to cut off at a certain level. I, I remember from, I think it was last podcast we had, we had we been talking about the Dutch guy, the CEO who had no, no HR either, and uh, he formed this cells of maybe a maximum of 50, 55 people. Yes. Then it just stopped. And then if it came beyond that, he, he formed a new one. Yes, yes. This this
1: is, I think, the key to keep... Yeah, yeah. keep even though you are a, a larger organization, keep the teams small as much as possible and uh, then you form new teams. I think that works. And, of course, the size uh, differs from industry to industry. Like, it's very different from IT than food beverage, for
0: example. Yeah, yeah. The, the The other thing I... Um, and, and then you avoid, of course, data sets and stuff. And, but uh, the other, other thing... Um, have if you have, have these very narrow data sets this, this um, hiring based on your, your top employees and whatever um, you get always this more or less of the same um, I don't think it's working we just said that but also um, I don't think that that helps um, in c- creating maybe serendipity like you know you stumble upon something you didn't know be- uh, before. Um, it's always, you know, the, the funny part of hiring people—you might not be completely certain—is that, um, well, they can do stuff that really amazes you.
1: This uh, the hiring question is uh, of co- organically fits into this uh, discussion, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, uh, one of the problems with the hiring question is that uh, is a question. The hiring should not be treated as separate from, from operation. Mm-hmm. I think that's fundamentally how it works. It's very machine-like. and um, yeah understand that we, all, we all understand why, what are the pragmatic reasons for large organizations to treat hiring as uh, as, as an uh, algorithm as, as an algorithm, and uh, separate from operation. This yeah. is what I'm trying to emphasize. We understand this, but still, this doesn't uh, make it right. This is a terrible approach to treat it separately from how you operate. And uh, I, I, I witnessed personally uh, attempts. For example, um, in Canada, there was uh, this company called DMR Consulting, a very large organization, mm-hmm. uh, two billion in revenue. They and they became Fujitsu. Now it's still operational. or they are Fujitsu Consulting.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: and uh, they recognized this. So they were doing IT consulting mostly. So, mm-hmm. you know, large st- scale IT projects, 10 million and up in value, implementation of mm-hmm. SAP and that kind of stuff. And uh, they realized that hiring cannot be separate uh, this, this, because it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So they typically assigned uh, somebody from the top consulting teams to become recruiters for three months. Right. And they did basically overtake the recruit. They screened resumes, conducted interviews and stuff while doing their main job. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, uh, it was an attempt mm-hmm. to incorporate hiring into the operational practice. Right. So obviously, when you have tons of things on your mind that your client has and you are solving it, and you're talking to somebody to bring into the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a very nice way uh, to bring the guys in. Mm-hmm. You know, your mindset is not separate You're not a recruiter who has no idea about what's happening in yeah. operations and trying to, in a very abstract way evaluate candidates. No, mm-hmm. you are there. You talk about uh, your problems with the mm-hmm. candidate. They, they can immediately provide feedback solutions right. that you may have, and that's done. Yeah. You know? So all the data and everything becomes completely irrelevant. You know, even the questions of uh, bias Mm -hmm. becomes irrelevant. Who cares about bias? This is an abstract problem that uh, you don't have when you are just trying to get things done and solve problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, obviously, whoever helps you with the problem is the guy or the uh, the girl Mm -hmm. that you're going to bring in. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, uh, I think the other thing um, that describes more human-centric organizations is that they don't have to be perfect in an abstract sense. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the, they're going to have weaknesses, absolutely. And, and I would say, what's the problem with that? That's fine.
0: I, that's great because, you know, I always like those movies as well uh, where uh, people do stuff and other people say this is impossible; it will never work. And then people still have hope, and then suddenly it works. You know, the good, the happy end, wonderful uh, movie. Uh, guys on an island, for instance. Uh, Everybody saying, oh, "No, you will, you will never get back. You will perish." And then in two, or three years, he will get back. anyway. Yes. And and this is something I think if we take that part of hope, if we take that 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 ele- that element of surprise, let's say, if we take that out. That for me at least that is uh, that, that is that is a, that is a limit. Uh,
1: sorry, where is the limit?
0: Well, so you the, 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 the limit. The limit is is uh, to use the the data set as a holy grail. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you think that you have now a, a, a very great um, a picture uh, of a person, um, but I always like the aspect the non-predictable part to give it a bit of freedom. Like you also would like to have uh, the possibilities for people, if they do a job, that the job is not completely uh, airtight in the sense that um, uh, you only should strictly do this and that because that's a robotic job. You should give some space. Uh, Totally, totally. I mean, uh,
1: without this space and freedom, there is no uh, people would not have a sense of fulfillment at all. Yeah, and
0: um, And with the space and freedom comes bias.
1: Yes, yes, positive in a positive sense. Absolutely. Absolutely, so I agree. Uh, And I would also, um, the corollary of this, and we have to articulate this specifically, that uh, this space and freedom includes imperfections. Yeah. That uh, for even in jobs, like the job does not... This expectation for a job to be perfect directly leads to the data.
0: Certainly, which is great because uh, you can also learn lots of stuff from failure. Yes. Yeah. It has also, uh, just to
1: inject a little bit, as always, a little philosophical <laughs> insight. Mm-hmm. In the old days, when they really created perfection, mm-hmm. you know, by hand, Mm-hmm. It was considered to be a very bad omen uh, to be avoided to create perfect on a material plane
0: perfection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: the masters always left yeah. imperfections in the work.
0: Otherwise, you would compete with the gods.
1: Otherwise, it would you would actually they feared that they would die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's a once all all possibilities are exhausted. Yeah. Then you die. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that definitely. was
1: the thing. And, um, and I think we should embrace these imperfections uh, and celebrate them. The, the job is not perfect. And the customer service, for example, to, to, to really go to the concrete examples, what it means, the customer mm-hmm. service was not perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: yeah. Uh, but it's preferable to be human, than, uh, and I think even the customers, I personally would welcome. Mm-hmm. Much more a personable uh, person on the other end of the phone. When I deal with uh, uh, Vodafone, for example, yeah,
0: instead so, of a bot. Uh,
1: instead of a bot, that uh, it's actually a human. And sometimes I ask them, "Am I talking <laughs> to a bot or uh, somebody?" <laughs> uh, uh, there's no laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm you're not. You're a, I'm not straight. a bot. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: So, so I prefer somebody who says. Uh, Shit, I couldn't solve it. Let me call you back tomorrow. You know? Yeah, of
0: course.
1: I would welcome with uh, open arms. Yeah, absolutely,
0: inter- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think the same goes for teams. For example, I, the IT is a favorite of mine because the IT is a very unique organization, an IT mm-hmm. company that never existed in the history of mankind, ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because on the one, one side, it's, it has positives, for example, because it gathers people of the same disposition. So mm-hmm. when we look at types, it attracts the same types.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's very interesting and unique, and it offers opportunities. Mm-hmm. As opposed, for example, to a food and beverage company that uh, attracts many different types. Makers, organizers, thinkers, many different types. Mm-hmm. Uh, but IT tends to be the same types, and this type is very difficult to classify. Right. It's, you, not, I'm not sure if the, it's thinkers. I'm not sure if they are <coughs> maker, makers. And uh, not many organizers, actually. This is why project management is a billion-dollar industry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah. To provide software to manage it. But not many organizers there, uh, even though they think otherwise. But... Uh, practice shows no so anyway so it's same types but highly mechanical it be, the organization quickly becomes very mechanical mechanical and machine like
0: yeah absolutely I've, I've been working in a couple of those companies and it's quite funny then you you bump into people uh, at lunch and say uh look we have um now this uh, software program 2.2 uh, whatever and uh, you remember that there was a clock on the left? Yes, I remember the clock. I made the clock. <laughs> 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 no, a yeah. nice
1: flash of uh, organicity in that price. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Then what you know? Those teams uh, that like this this type of companies um, are run as as more or less like like machine like as well. In that sense, more or less run like a program. Like you guys do do this and you guys do that, and then in the end it's it's assembled, and the clock will be put into uh, into as a routine into the whole software package. Um, But what helps a lot there is that um, there is this uh, um, interchange between the teams itself. You, You know that some people from other teams not you know working on clocks for instance look to the work of the clockmaker and mm. uh, might come up with new ideas or just learn from it definitely i mean uh, the positive aspect that
1: others can learn from mm. from mm. it organizations at least up until a certain size is that uh, pragmatism uh, i hate pragmatism personally like mm-hmm. uh, when, it, when it becomes an ideology i think mm-hmm. it's a terrible thing mm-hmm. but pragmatism uh, is considered in a positive sense there in the sense that there's no bullshit jobs mm-hmm. you know and also there is a great deal of meritocracy mm-hmm. so everybody knows who's better and um, that in- inspires uh, those who want to learn to get better so, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's I think that's definitely one of the positives for all organizations that attract the same types. This includes also, for example, uh, manufacturas, not manufacturing companies, but small mm-hmm. shops mm-hmm. where they hand make
0: products. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's the same type of meritocracy, same type of types of people involved, and uh, these are definitely positive things. So there's no bullshit there. So definitely, and any other job where you create, you create something Mm -hmm. and uh, the organization exists to create things. Mm -hmm. And uh, the majority of the people directly contribute to this creation by making it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And of course, size there is very easy to recognize when it um, it crossed the threshold because, right. yeah. as you mentioned earlier, yes, once you, when you dedicate somebody to the function of strategy, yes, the threshold is, is already crossed.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's the same as, for instance, if we stick to the team. If you have a team, a small team, and the team is building some uh, tool and then you have a sales department who's selling the tool, then you already work not in the team but with the team because then the sales would... Uh, Are you? Yes. Can't you build more? Can't you build this? Because more want that, you know. And then it's then it's becoming mechanical again. S- sales is a very good e- example,
1: absolutely, because uh, if if uh, the purpose of the organization was organic, mm-hmm. sales, marketing, and PR and advertising as industries would not exist. Mm-hmm it It would be like and these are let 's face these are all bullshit jobs mm-hmm. from this organic point of view, of course, if uh, the purpose is inorganic, like growth mm-hmm. uh, growth by itself has become a purpose mm-hmm. for many organizations, and mm-hmm. everything else is bullshit uh, if you are facing bullshit head on, yeah, then you say that this organization, no matter what they say, they exist only for the purpose of growing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, these false and illusory purposes create bullshit jobs including sales and uh, if you don't have this and uh, you don't intend to grow beyond the natural limits mm-hmm. that an organization presents mm-hmm. that you don't need sales mm-hmm. you, know, you create the product and people get it uh, mm-hmm. from you directly
0: sure yeah yeah well <laughs> I, th- I think so far this is this is interesting. I mean, this is going beyond what we wrote on the uh, on the website, and uh, because when we kicked off, I, I thought now what way will we will go. But this is um, this is nice. At least um, if we would round it off, I mean, we should take care that people never would become a commodity. They should
1: never, and they should uh, not, I think uh, everybody should take personal responsibility as much as, as is possible. Absolutely. Not to tolerate it. Like, uh, I, you know, to stand up, don't treat me like a uh, mm-hmm, data mm-hmm, set.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and, and voice their opinion. I prefer working directly with peers and uh, without the introduction of data between us because it separates people so they should i think they should stand up and and fight these initiatives
0: because it's always difficult i mean you talk to as a supervisor you talk to a person and then you see the person you smell the person you touch the person you talk to the person you understand the person and then you have this data set and there's always some you know something the the data set is not simply not the person indeed indeed It's a tough question.
1: Uh, it takes guts. I think uh, maybe this could be a conclusion. It's not going to change. I'm very mm. pessimistic. That uh, Of course, as an individual, you cannot fight the whole system. So I, I say this being aware of this uh, reality. It should come, uh, in my opinion, from the top, uh, when somebody has the guts to just uh, go ahead and eliminate 360 reviews, uh, quarterly evaluation conversations, you know, all these yeah. data set based, very, uh, let's say, let's face it, very evil stuff that uh, doesn't contribute anything to the emergence of an organic organism.
0: No, unless, unless I always think unless uh, as well people ask for it themselves. Like, look, I I know I have some maybe some some dark sides or stuff I uh, or maybe stuff I don't know about. Um,
1: can you imagine that people would actually ask instead, like, measure me instead
0: of going? No, not measure me, but, but definitely there's, there's people who would, who would like to have some, some tests, like, you know, can we talk about my traits? Because, you know, I, I hear from other people that this and this and this. but I think uh, I uh, some,
1: somebody who is so perceptive about their environment right. can probably manage it, that they know who to talk to. Oh, yes, know,
0: oh, but, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is always out?
1: Yeah. i I'm aware, As you said, I'm aware uh, there are some weak spots here, and uh, they would seek out specific people that they know yeah. can help them. And can you help me with this? It's nice, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I cannot imagine, unless they are really already robotized to such a degree that they cannot have any other frame of reference.
0: yeah. That so that is, that, talking to other people, that's always the best. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Well, cool. Um, well, in the meantime, let's think about the next uh, topic. And um, I would say thanks a lot for the talk. Thank you. Rock and roll. To Rock continues. <laughs> Take care.